0: Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Today we have back Elizabeth Lee from Aspect Legal and today we are talking about the interesting topic of GDPR and in particular the impact that the GDPR may have on sale and purchase of business transactions So, Liz, welcome back.
1: Thank you for having me, Joanna.
0: (laughs) So, let's talk GDPR. So, this is a newly introduced legislation, obviously not in Australia but in the EU. I don't know how much our listeners know about the GDPR so I guess we may as well start from the basics. Liz, how about you give us a quick overview of what the GDPR is and when it came into effect which was very recently in May.
1: Yes, so uh, the GDPR, which stands for the General Data Protection Regulation, was established in the EU and came into effect on the 25th of May 2018. I think it had been in the works for a couple of years, but mm. you know, obviously being in Australia and um, working with mostly local businesses, it's not something that is at front of mine or at the top of our radar. But um, certainly, you know, 25th of May came upon us all very suddenly and we are now finding that many of our clients uh, are scrambling to work out how the GDPR might affect
0: their business. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? I, um, I recall this with a number of recent legislation introductions as well. You know, when we had the Privacy Act overhaul and, you know, when the PPSR came into play, I recall that, you know, us as lawyers are, are trying to talk to the community about this legislation, but businesses just weren't interested until almost the eve of the legislation. And GDPR is funny in that it's probably, um, <laughs> You know, all of the Australian community, including the lawyers, hadn't really been talking about it much until, you know, basically the eve of the 25th of May, 2018, when yep. suddenly we all woke up to the fact that actually, you know, it's just on our doorstep. Perhaps we all better start thinking seriously about it now. Even though we're all the way over in uh, here in Australia, I guess that's the reason that everyone put it on the back burner or perhaps didn't even realise that it was, you know, relevant. Obviously, it's not a Australian legislation, it's EU legislation.
1: That's right, and it doesn't even really, you know, necessarily affect Australian residents. Yeah, it deals with the collection, storage, handling, and transfer of personal information that relates to an EU citizen or a person located in the EU, mm. or if it's in there's somehow the services are uh, involved relate to the monitoring of the behaviour of someone in in the EU.
0: Yeah. And and so I guess that's where we say okay well it, it's about and you know here of course today we we're not talking you know generically about the GDPR we're talking you know specifically in relation to M&A transactions. But I I think it's well worth repeating what you're saying here. You know, it's only relevant to the extent that organisations have customer databases or perhaps marketing databases as well in the EU or or perhaps the extent to which they are a supplier of EU-based organisations who might then require that organisation to be GDPR compliant.
1: Yes. The risk of non-compliance is huge because the penalties are quite considerable up to 20 million euros. Or 4% of revenue. Yes, correct. And, you know, for many organisations who are heavily based on analysing or, or processing data, rather than try to figure out whether or not they have EU citizens or persons located in the EU in in their database, they are working on the basis that it probably applies and therefore they are just now implementing processes to comply, not knowing whether or not they actually have to comply.
0: Yeah. All right. So, look, how about we start off by talking a little bit about why the GDPR is different to the Australian privacy framework? And I guess it's probably relevant to point out the first major difference is that in Australia, the Privacy Act... Only applies to organisations with turnover of greater than three million or who are otherwise captured because they deal with specific types of sensitive personal information. So say, for example, health services providers, gyms, those sorts of organisations. Whereas the GDPR covers small businesses as well as large businesses. So from my perspective, that's one thing that is perhaps one of the biggest differences. Liz, what else are we seeing? seeing here in terms of the differences that you think we should be talking about?
1: Yeah, so in terms of, you know, they've got this concept of data controllers and data processors, very prescriptive about that, and where someone is a data controller, they have to enter into an agreement, a data processing agreement with the data processor, and that data processing agreement must contain elements which the GDPR prescribes specifically. So, it's, it's very prescriptive in that sense, and we don't have that under the privacy legislation, not mm. to, prescription to that extent.
0: How about in future episodes, Liz, we come back and we talk maybe about what the practical implications of some of these things are here. But but I guess without pulling up too much of our time in, in these basics, what else are you seeing here that's different?
1: One one of the key rights that the individuals have under the GDPR is the right to be forgotten. Mm. So, you know, right now they, they can, Asked to unsubscribe under the Australian Spam Act, uh, under the GDPR they can say erase all records of me completely, which is mm. quite extensive. And mm. so, you know, um, businesses need to technically be be ready to, to comply with that.
0: Mm, have their systems in place as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And and what else are we seeing there?
1: Under the GDPR, the data processors must implement appropriate technical and organisational security measures. So so there's quite extensive technical requirements that mm. the Organization has to implement in order to comply with the GDPR. Mm. So I think that, you know, technically the IT specialists here in Australia have to work out ways to comply. And,
0: and I guess probably that last area of major difference relates to the express consent because yes. the, the consent that has been gained, you know, to date probably isn't the consent that is actually now required under this new legislation.
1: Yes, that's correct. Uh, You know, under the Australian privacy laws, you know, you could rely on implied consent, but under the GDPR, you you can no longer do that. And Mm so in order to properly comply with the GDPR, organisations would have to go through the whole process of seeking express consent. Mm. And you can see some organisations do that, you know, the larger ones. The rate at which they're receiving express consent, I'd hate to ask.
0: And, you know, I guess certainly larger organisations who've geared themselves up for the Privacy Act in Australia will obviously be a lot closer to compliance than uh, organisations who've just not even thought about compliance with Australian privacy laws, let alone what the GDPR might have in terms of impact for them. But let's now look specifically at the relevance of the GDPR on M&A transactions right here in Australia. Some people might think, well, how is EU legislation relevant to mergers and acquisitions happening here in Australia? Maybe let's dig into that a little bit today now.
1: Yeah, so I think the reality is, you know, a lot of businesses trade on a cross-border basis, especially information-based services, you know, online-type services, you know, that they, they find themselves having mm. customers who are based in other parts of the world.
0: And sometimes, you know, if they're not goods providers, they may not even know where their customers are absolutely based. I, I guess that's the reality of some internet-based organisations as well.
1: Very true. And therefore, if you're buying or selling a business that is not involved in selling goods specifically, but you're selling services and information, you could well be caught. Maybe what
0: we should do is break down, well, let's talk about what the risks are for buyers. Let's talk about what the risks are for sellers. So I guess for buyers, it's about being able to identify whether or not there is a GDPR risk or lack of legal coverage in a business that they're Buying, so it's about analysing to to a degree the extent to which the customer base is or may be based in the EU, i.e., triggering the GDPR legislation. That's right. And so, so practically, Liz, what's your thoughts on the actual practical steps that might now be relevant, um, and and the practical impacts for buyers in this environment?
1: So for buyers, you know, before buying a business, they've got to do their due diligence. They've got Mm. to think about, you know, whether the business is likely to have a database that comprises of um, personal information belonging to EU citizen or someone located in the EU, Mm. that they've got to understand exactly who the customers are of the business. Yeah. And and
0: sometimes that can be hard because sometimes, you know, organisations don't want to give over everything in the due diligence process in relation to the customer databases. So here we'll now need maybe a bit more extended detail than perhaps we used to have in the past in terms of inquiring exactly who is in the customer database. And moving on from that, another impact will probably be the warranties and indemnities that we'll now be looking to Get protection, or to provide protection for the buyer, to the extent that the seller may not have been across all of these issues.
1: That's right. So, so there, are um, various, various compliance issues. There, you know, is the seller systems compliant? Yeah. GDPR has the seller obtained the necessary consents in relation to the, you know, the individuals whose details. Are- Price in their database. They've got to understand that the buyers. That, mm. You know, they now need to add those inquiries onto their due diligence list.
0: Yeah. All right. So there's quite a bit for buyers to be thinking about. What about sellers? Uh, maybe we should give a bit of a rundown uh, for sellers in terms of what they should be thinking about in terms of preparing themselves for a sale. And because I think one of the most important things that we we talk about again and again is the importance of an organization to get itself clean prior to hitting the market so that when the due diligence process is started, the buyer isn't getting surprises. And indeed, the seller isn't getting surprises of, you you know, someone else telling them issues that, uh, risks that that are hitting them in the business. Yeah, that's exactly Exactly. right.
1: So, so from a sales perspective, they need to know whose information they are actually collecting and the likelihood of them collecting information from people who are likely to be based in the EU or EU citizens. Yeah, and isn't that
0: interesting that potential risks lie for businesses who may not even think that they're transacting with the EU? And and I guess the the other relevant consideration is where organisations may not perhaps have a customer database in the EU, but may have other contractual reasons why they need to comply with the GDPR. So, for example, we've certainly seen in our client base that there's a number of organisations who, whilst they don't have clients in the EU, have had contracting parties now adding clauses within their agreements together that require that they, even though they're based here in Australia, comply with the GDPR. And because of the stringency of the GDPR legislation, you know, there are many contracts even outside of the EU that I think might be impacted by this. So I guess that's another way that organisations here in Australia can be caught up, even if they don't have a connection with their clients in the EU.
1: Yep, absolutely. So, you know, buyers need to consider whether they'll be transferring personal data after completion happens. Yeah,
0: that's a good point.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if a buyer wants to move the database of the business to a different jurisdiction, for example, they've got to consider GDPR requirements in relation to the transfer of that data. Again, I think consent comes in to, to, to play. fix it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. consent is definitely a big thing now with the prevalence of GDPR.
0: Yeah. And as we said before, the consent, even where you may have received express consent in the past or or the selling organisation may have received express consent in the past, you know, we're now going to have to dig further and check that that express consent was sufficient for the purposes of this legislation, you know, and extensive enough. All right. Well, look, I think we've probably covered this topic in about as much detail as people can handle whilst they're doing their other things whilst listening to podcasts. Perhaps what we might do is talk further about the impact of GDPR on M&A transactions in future podcast episodes as we start to see how it actually unfolds because, as we've said, this legislation is very new. In fact, at the point of recording, it's only a week or so old. So um, so we're really early into the process and it'll be really interesting to see how it unfolds. But for now, that's a bit of an overview of the GDPR. If you have organisations who are looking to Buy a business, or looking to build their business for sale into the future, and they're concerned about the areas of GDPR and how the GDPR might impact their process. Then I suggest that you contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal. You can organise a free consultation where you can have a quick chat to our team of legal legals to see if they can help you with your issues. And to organise that free consultation, all you have to do is go to either the website for the deal room. podcast at dealroompodcast.com And there you'll also be able to get some notes from today's podcast, or you can just head over to our website at aspectlegal, www.aspectlegal.com.au. Well, thanks a lot for coming along today, Liz, and talking about this fascinating topic that's got everyone talking at the moment, the GDPR.
1: You're welcome, Joanna. Nice to be here.
0: Great. Okay, wonderful. And look, finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, then please pop over to iTunes and subscribe for future episodes and also maybe even consider leaving us a review. Well, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and Elizabeth Lee on The Deal Room Podcast. See you next time.
1: Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen.